Hi, and welcome to Ask Rev, a Christian podcast where you guys can come online and ask us questions, be it Christian-related, theologically-related, biblically-related, church-related, or hey, you just have a question that you really want a pastor's opinion on. This is the place for it. Y'all, keep submitting your questions, and we love what you guys are sending in. Please keep sending them to us. Kaylee, how can they do that? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ask Rev Podcast. You can also go on Wayne's TikTok, which we'll talk probably about later, but you can go there at rev.wayne. And you can also go to our email, askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Why are we talking about my podcast? Because you went viral. Guys, I had a random video where I was making fun of Kaylee, uh, not locking our doors like she should. And for some reason, there is like 3.9 million views. Um, No, it is 4.1 as of 2 p.m. this afternoon. Really? Yes. The kids were questioning it at school because they're all invested. I just don't understand. (laughs) And so I checked and it was 4.1 million. This is amazing. I just don't understand this at all. But it's okay. But, guys, thank you so much for keeping supporting our podcast in that way. Hey, if you see the TikTok, <laughs> yeah, 4.1 million views on a TikTok. And Carhartt still won't spiral me. Mm. I don't understand. Y'all, if you are on any of your social medias, contact, contact Carhartt to sponsor me. I'd greatly appreciate it because <laughs> I love their shirts. Carhartt, here's a free shout-out on the podcast. Woo, to You're our welcome. tens of listeners. Hey, hey. Don't you knock those tens of listeners. No, we love our tens of listeners. Guys, we are so thankful that you are on this podcast all the time. And you know what? With uh, kind of time, we want to go ahead and get these questions going. So let's see what we got. Kaylee, what's up? All right. So I've heard Christian say that you should only date to marry. What are your thoughts on this? I like this question. What is the point of marriage? I always ask that to teenagers. Kaylee, what's the point of, what's the point of dating, I should say? What's the point of dating? To find your spouse. To find your spouse. So uh, the reality is uh, when we talk about dating and the way we do it now, uh, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest with you, because uh, we practice divorce Yes. a lot. Because whenever it gets rough or hard, we just leave and go to the next one. Now, mm. we can go down the abuse track. We can go down these th- these toxic traits that you find in people. Great to get away from. Always do so. But being careful, like, you know, hey, marriages are meant to be worked through. So when I look at dating, I do see dating as a point of finding that mate that you want to marry in the long run. Looking for that perfect match. But whenever we look at middle schoolers who are dating, it's all about social status. Or high schoolers. Or high schoolers. Teaching high school is just a fun time because you get in somehow drug into all the relationship problems and then they ask you about it and you're like i don't want to know anything about your relationship exactly (laughs) you get really invested in these things and guys honestly like dating really ruins youth groups too because then like the youth group splits when they break up but going to this concept of is dating for the purpose of marrying somebody yes that's the whole point behind it honestly is trying to find you somebody that you want to live the rest of your life with finding things out about yourself like what are some likes and dislikes what are you like in a relationship Mm -hmm. where do you need to improve when it comes to other people where do they need to improve when it comes to other people are you compatible you know dating really resolves around that ultimate finding that union between a man and a woman and living that life out so really yeah dating i would say is for the parent to marry you know and we have two different perspectives on this because you dated in high school and middle school. High school mostly? Mostly high school, but yeah, a little bit. I dated one girl in middle school, and that was a train um, wreck. And I dated you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of have this uh, two perspectives on this. And would I change not dating in high school? I don't think so. I think I focused on other things like my music and my extracurriculars and my school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time for 
a relationship. So I think it was fine for me. Yeah. I don't think I would go. If I had to go back and do it over again, I think I would do the same thing. Yeah, that's fair. See, me, like, dating when I was in high school, you know, I was very much looking for that companionship. You know, I was looking for somebody that uh, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. That was the whole point of it for me. And while dating, I started really learning about b- things about me. Now, I don't believe the girls that I dated before you were trial runs, in quote, unquote, like what people like to call it. I really look at them as like, hey, you know, this is a relationship that I really want to invest in. And my hope is every time, you know, we got into a relationship in high school that I was invested in them and they would invest in me and we grow as people together. But there's a lot of times where I was not growing or they weren't growing in the midst of it. It was a very toxic environment. So I left that to go into the next one, which sounds very bad. It wasn't just like leave one, go to the next one all the time. All the time. <laughs> high school Wayne was different than college Wayne by a matter of two months. Um <laughs> But honestly, like, you know, when Kaylee and I started dating, you know, I looked at her dad when I asked permission to date Kaylee because that was very important for Kaylee for me to do. And I looked at it as like, hey, I want to, I asked to court her instead of dating her. And her dad asked me, what was the point of courting? What is that definition to me? I was like, well, it's dating in the tension to marry. I don't want to just have a relationship. And then two months later, we fizzle out and not work on anything or improve anything. And just be done. I'd rather us actually work on it, mm-hmm. become who we are. And frankly, it was because of that kind of mindset that we grew up together. We went through a lot of rough patches. Mm-hmm. We went through college together. And and most of a master's degree. Most of a master's degree. <laughs> then got engaged and got married. I mean, I got ordained. You know, we got into the ministry together. So it was really kind of a good idea. Since my goal for that relationship was ultimately marriage, and that's what I wanted. That's where we wound up at. And because I we put so. the work in. I hope Are we married? Yes. Okay, let's make sure. <laughs> I hope so. That kind of made me concerned. Like, wait a second. Did I dream that a whole day? <laughs> Man, that was a very busy day. I it's hope like I didn't dream my it. grandparents, um, you know, they're still married to this day. And my grandma, several years ago, had the random thought, did our marriage license ever get turned in? You know, after like question. 60 years of marriage, she thinks, hey, did our license get turned in? And that was back in the day when they didn't keep as good of records. And so they had to call the uh, county clerk where they got married. And sure enough, yeah, it was there. But they were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. It's there. Hey. Oh, we, we turned ours in. So we're good. Yeah, we turned. We're good. We paid the money. <laughs> yeah, we walked up and went here. <laughs> and by the way, you cannot write it off on your taxes. No, it is not tax deductible, sadly. But definitely when it looks at marriage, <laughs> when it look at dating, guys, uh, date with that intention to marry. Like the people you're going after are these suitable people for you to live the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. It really does change the mindset when you enter into it. But from like a Christian perspective, really dating doesn't exist in scripture. Because yeah. that was not a concept back then. Well, they did arranged marriages mostly, right? A lot of it was arranged marriages. A lot of it was uh, courtships from childhood and things like that. Like, you know, you guys would pair up. But because it was smaller tribes, a lot of the times, you know, you knew a lot of the people that you were with. You hung out with the boy or girl that you were going to marry your entire life and things like that. Or there were marriages for purposes. Mm-hmm. In the Western civilization now, in Western Christianity marriage isn't necessarily for a purpose except for a life partner and that's truly what we're looking for here in this mm-hmm. so let's go ahead and move on to the next question though what do we got all right why do some christians celebrate the advent but some do not what is advent <laughs> i love this question so the advent is a uh time of prophecy it's really in the church calendar year the word advent means the coming so we're looking for the coming of christ on mm-hmm. christmas 
So we're really, really aiming towards that mentality. So why do some churches kind of celebrate it and not celebrate it? Well, because Advent was a very much Catholic idea. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the Christian denomination, at the Christian faith base, there's two generally sections of the Christian faith. One of them's very, very, very broken down. The other one's just kind of broken down, like three sections. So you have Catholics and you have the Protestants. Mm-hmm. So Catholics start off with the Advent. It was a mentality to look at the idea of hope, peace, joy, and love aspects of christ and his coming towards earth as we looked forward to the christmas season and christ's birth so we're going to talk about like all the pagan rituals and how the pagans are wrong ah, you know, that too, pagans. How christianity was celebrating december 25th long before the winter solstice was really active but that's a different thing um next time because we want to do a Christmas episode. Christmas. So Yay. if you have any questions about Christmas. Please send them in because we want to send these out. But guys, when we look at this idea of uh, Advent candles, what we're doing is really just trying to remind ourselves, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is what aspects of Christ is. Not only that, these are what we're supposed to be. So the Catholics really, really did that. Protestants were like, nuh-uh, that's Catholic. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. Being a Southern Baptist, very much, no, that's what Catholics do. We don't do that. However, within this new idea of the liturgical liturgy, the liturgy, but the liturgical church style coming back, which just means an orderly church style coming back, a lot of people have gone back to the Advent calendar or the uh, church calendar year and really kind of looked at it like, okay, what are we celebrating with each one of these things? Mm -hmm. And we saw the Advent as a very important aspect to have in the church calendar. We saw about this moment where we're celebrating Christ, very, very important for us to do. So. We kept it on the calendar. So that's why we're kind of seeing more of a trend to go back. And so also as a lot of our culture kind of goes back to more traditional stuff, more mm-hmm. traditional activities and things like that, this hipster movement mm-hmm. reality. We're kind of seeing it more and more at the church following the same trend and going back to some of our roots. Yeah, I think it's a good way to get yourself in the spirit of remembering what Christmas is really about. Yeah, I agree. And... Um, I think it brings a lot of other things with it during the Advent season, like, you know, we celebrate the hanging of the greens, which I had never heard of before until we came to this church. Yeah, well, it was a high church kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, Like, just this last week, I sang at a service that's called a Moravian Love Feast, and that is celebrated during Advent. It doesn't have to be, but most people do celebrate it during Advent, and it's just a time to come together. And show the love of Christ. And so it's um, tied along with the Advent Advent candle love, the pink one. Yeah. And, you know, I think just these different things, it's kind of fun to get to do these different services and have all these different times. And to, like I said, I think it just really brings you back into that spirit of what Christmas is really about. Yeah, it really does. Especially since, you know, the church has gone the way of really needing a kind of a main flag to unify behind because for so long the church has fought within itself uh the christians are families for bickering within among themselves uh Mm -hmm. there's the old phrase that christians are the only ones who shoot their wounded or kill their wounded yeah and when we really look at the fact that this was a movement for us to go back to remembering what christ was really what christ is in us today and really trying to gather us together and say come to unity in christ let's go ahead and have this moment where we're celebrating the coming of the messiah and really worshiping in the midst of that. It's a good idea for churches to do. I really enjoy it. The Hanging of the Greens is also great because we're bringing in this new life into the 
mm-hmm. sanctuary. We're bringing different colors, and we're celebrating each part as they represent parts of Christ in our lives. And it's an easier way to decorate your sanctuary. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, you make the decoration of your sanctuary part of the worship, which is what it should be. I mean, everything that happens in the sanctuary should be a part of worship. I love that. Even the vacuuming should be a part of worship in the sanctuary. Yes. You know, there's my little uh, soapbox to be on for a second. But, you know, I just think it's a really great time. You know, we spend so much time during Easter season, during Lent, you know, talking about giving up stuff for Lent and talking about Christ's death on the cross. Why not talk about his birth and why he came? Exactly. I mean, it becomes a very important part for us. So we need to make sure that the gospel doesn't start just at the cross. Mm -hmm. The gospel started way before that when Christ decided he came down as human. Live like you and me. Live sinlessly. Then went to the cross, willingly. Mm-hmm. The gospel starts with the birth. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember that. And if you have more questions about Advent, you can always ask them for our next episode. Yeah, please send them in because I think these would be very interesting. Anything that's really Christmas related, even like the concept of... Like, uh, is, should we celebrate Santa? Should we celebrate Santa? You know, St. Nick is one of my favorite people in all Christian history. So I do believe, yes, we should. Not so, the same way we do know. Normally, I think we just go around smacking heretics like he did. (laughs) I mean. That was a joke, people. Please do not cancel me. I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next question. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll get on a huge rabbit trail. I'm okay with that. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Let's go. Okay. So, if the Bible says do not take away or add to the book, hence the Bible, then why does the Catholic Bible have more books? Okay, uh, people need to stop using that book, that reference out of the end of the book of Revelation to mean the whole Bible, because it does not. That was the final words of a prophecy given in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. So don't use that as a way to justify that the Catholic Bible is wrong, because the you were wrong. Catholics are Christians. Well, the Catholics have what's called the Apocrypha, which are extra canonical books. Mm-hmm. The, when the canon was dis- uh, discovered, well, not discovered, let's say uh, derived, so kind of put together in the early change i believe it's like council of nicaea 175 or 375 i can't remember the dates right now in my head really bad with the years guys uh by the way the temple in jerusalem was destroyed in 70 ce Mm -hmm. why because i had a professor beat that in the back of my head yeah i thought the council of nicaea was like in 600 something no oh well early constantine like very 375 years oh well when the romans started shifting that's probably a date from music history that i also got hammered into my brain but i don't remember what it was <laughs> it got hammered but it's not there i uh, mean oh no uh was it pope gregory around that time or was that 700 i don't know i'm baptist that's when the that's when pope gregory was when gregorian chant started there we okay. go that, that's a, actually a random interesting <laughs> fact i enjoyed that i think it's six uh, six to seven hundred somewhere in there okay so let's go back to the canon <laughs> of the bible but, so yeah. whenever the council of nicaea whenever we see this uh the c- combining of all of the canon books there's more than one council of nicaea by the yeah, way yeah. but uh whenever they're kind of bringing back the books and trying to say okay what's the different ways that we rule this we have a process of canonicity so we have authenticity how authentic is the uh the document uh, apostolicity was the person who wrote it either a prophet of god a known prophet of god or an apostle of god mm-hmm. so i've seen evidence of christ this is one reason why we argue is paul an apostle or not because did paul really see christ well he saw him on damascus road but we always had this argument and then there's uh 
Well, it would have been like a Christophany. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a Chris. Well, it's a yeah Theophany, Christophany. Yeah, yeah. Wherever but Christ appeared, but this is uh, Theophany would have been before the incarnation. Okay. So this is a moment when Christ in His full glory appeared to uh, Paul on the Damascus Road. So just we see as another opportunity that He revealed Himself to humanity uh, post uh, resurrection. So there's a whole lot of words that go with it. But then the third one, I can never remember the A word that goes along with this one. But it means pretty much does the rest of the books back up that book. So whenever I bring in a book, so I'm bringing all the canonicity. What? Affirm? It's not affirmed, but it's okay. really yeah, kind of going this mentality of affirmation okay. within it. But let's say uh, if I made a prophecy in the book of Mark, you see a prophecy there. Is it backed up by any of the other Gospels? Okay. Is it backed up by anything in the Old Testament? You know, the prophets had to be even gone through. Did the prophecies really be fulfilled in the New Testament? Were these pieced together? Well, there are some books on the outside of that canon that a lot of people thought really did apply to the canon today. Something that we can learn from, which are some histories, like the Book of the Maccabeans, mm -hmm. which really do give some of the history, stuff like that. Things that we get, like for Hanukkah, mm -hmm. the history of the Maccabees, uh, where they had the whole candle that lasted days. I was yeah. waiting for you to make a Hanukkah reference oh. with my uh, mensch on the bench behind me. I oh, have yeah. two of them. Two menches. I forgot what we named them. Um, one's Morty, and I think the other one's Maurice. Yeah, we have Morty and Maurice. So if you go on Amazon, you can get your own mensch on a bench. Yeah, why do Elf on a Shelf when you can have a mensch on a yeah, bench? Yeah, and celebrate right. that through Hanukkah. Yes, it's wonderful. I love it. But uh, <laughs> Kaylee got them for my birthday last year, and they've been on my shelf. And no, I really we've had them since before that. Has it been that. two years? Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. We heard about have, them on a different podcast, and now they're here. Because um, one of them has a face mask on because it was COVID. Oh, yeah. And then the other one is stuck in its box. Yeah, because it was social distancing. Isolated. Yeah. yeah. Um, the jokes don't go away sometimes, guys. Uh, we have to remember COVID was a real thing and that mask wearing was a real important thing and that all of us really need to remember to brush our teeth more regularly <laughs> because we started swelling ourselves and going, oh, Lord, help us. But when we look at this idea of the canonicity, when we see that a lot of these books that uh, the Apocrypha had within it, a lot of these books weren't matching up with things. It's kind of like the uh, Infancy Gospel of Thomas. So the Gospel of Thomas is one of the books that I find to be the most fascinating extra canonical book, especially the Infancy Gospel. Not the Gospel. Book of Enoch? The Book of Enoch is fascinating. I love it, especially the Book of Watchers, where we start to see more of the Nephilim and stuff like that, which I have this whole theory on just the Nephilim alone. Maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on that. We might have to because it's amazing to really kind of ponder and think of, but also you have to be careful because you could be seen like as a heretic within the Christian church. But whenever we look at like the Infancy Gospel of Thomas, the reason why it's one of my favorites is because within the Gospel, there's two events where... Uh, childhood Jesus, like toddler Jesus, mm -hmm. early like three, four, five, six year old Jesus was the sassiest person you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. So, uh, according to the stories, Jesus was up on a rooftop with one of his friends. Friend got on his nerves, so he pushed him off the roof. <laughs> friend fell to the floor and died. Well, obviously, friend's mom comes running out, looks at Mary and goes, look what your son did. He killed my, fr killed my son. And Jesus raised him from the dead to say, hey, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's I know. Great. It's, it's <laughs> great. But the thing is, it's not founded in any, any other gospel. Mm -hmm. So Thomas was not considered to be a reliable source because no other gospel backed this up. Well, and don't we believe that the uh, Holy Spirit coming down during Jesus' baptism is when like, his ministry started? It is where his ministry so started. So was he performing miracles before that? Was he? Because you have to remember, he was also very intelligent and was preaching in the temple or teaching in the temple at a mm -hmm. very young age. He was talking amongst the scholars. 
at a young age. So he was still fully God way before the Holy Spirit came upon him. So we always have to be reminded mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit come down was more of a mark of the start of the ministry. So not really, we kind of have this argument with like the spirit baptism, where was it happening? And that's a very interesting argument and debate. We actually could get in that one day. I mm. think it'd be fun. But when we look at the gospel of Thomas, who has a story like that, or has a story like Jesus going down to the riverside where all of his friends were making clay pigeons. And they're all like, mine's better, mine's better, mine's better. And he better. just makes a real pigeon? Well, he makes it fly. It's a clay pigeon, oh. but he made it fly. He's like, haha, look, mine's better. Sassy Jesus. No one else backed that up. Mm-hmm. So whenever the Bible does not agree with itself, a lot of people say the Bible contradicts itself over and over again. If you actually read it, no, it doesn't. When you take it in the context, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It actually backs itself up constantly. So this is how they built the canon. So really kind of to understand why these books were not added to the canon that we have now, especially the King James 1611 and passed on, it was really important for us to know as Christians that these books have value for us to understand the culture of the time but don't have a backup or a reliable source for them to be added as part of our holy scriptures. Mm-hmm. So that's why, as Protestants, we don't use them. But, yeah, that was a whole lecture on the books of the Bible really quick. And that's why, like, when you look at, like, the Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that backs it. Nothing <laughs> nothing backs that up. You know, like, the whole concepts within it, the things that contradict in the Book of Mormon <laughs> is ridiculous as well. Uh, for one thing that I get, uh, the angel of light named Moroni. There's mm-hmm. only a one other angel that is known as the angel of light. Now, there's been angels who appear with lights that shone around them. Mm-hmm. You know, the heavenly host appeared. You know, light that comes with this holy light that comes along with it. But when we look at the angel of light that is Lucifer, that is Satan, literally the morning star, as we used to call him, or if you watch the Netflix st- series, Lucifer, you know, Lucifer Morningstar. But really, the whole concept of a, this is a good person from God, but when you read the rest of scripture and it's contradictory, whenever God says, hey, marriage is supposed to be between one man and one woman, but this book confirms polygamy and says it's okay, God said it's fine. When this book said Christ is going to come back a second time in the clouds for his people then on earth, and this book says, oh, he already came back a second time in America. <laughs> Yes, it doesn't make sense. Uh, early Jews created boats and sailed to America at an early age. Yeah, here, here's the reality of it. Um, the earliest people that we see are, uh, coming from far over in the eastern hemisphere of the earth, not talking about Native Americans, not talking about the natives who lived were in the, the region. Vikings. Were the Vikings. That's where we come to the earliest evidence of them coming over and making friends. Well, there was, like, at least to the Northern Americas, because there were people that came to the Southern Americas before. Cause oh, yeah, you see, like, the Spanish uh, really kind of appearing. Yeah. But for it to be in Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, landlocked. Not even on the, like, coast. No, whenever the Bible itself starts to describe that it lands at the center of three rivers, three great rivers, there's nothing that crosses in Jackson County, Missouri that actually works as the what the description is within scripture yeah. where the Garden of Eden was. I was going to say, like, the Missouri River is, I don't even think close to there. Or is it? I don't know. I need to be. I I need, we need a map. I wasn't good at geometry. So. <laughs> geometry. Well, you know, because the Mississippi would be one of the rivers that probably would be, supposedly. And that's all on the eastern side of Missouri. Yeah, so it wouldn't really kind of function. So that doesn't right work. Way. The Missouri River, I don't think that would work. No. Well, here, here's my question. If the promised land was in Jackson County, Missouri, why'd they wind up over in, in Utah? Salt Lake? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. 
that's why I like really kind of describing what the importance of canonized books and how they were built to be added into it mm-hmm. was important. Book of Revelation was supposed to be the final prophecy to come. It was the next thing that's for us to realize and to go after. So having books that come after the book of Revelation does not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Especially since you can, since uh, the Mormon church president or whatever they want to call them. Um, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's the overseer of the, all the Mormons uh, in that sense would actually be able to add things to the Bible very quickly with a, po- with a post-it note. Bishop? No, I don't think it's the oh. bishop. I think it's higher than that mentality is their version of a uh pope in their sense but um able just to add things to the bible whenever they wanted to willy-nilly with a post-it note which seems to be very extreme but there has been cases of that happening so a canonized bible is super important because it has gone through rigorous mo- uh mentality to be able to figure out who made this yeah what's it president that's what i thought it was the president yeah <laughs> so that's what you really need to look after when you're looking at the bible but that's why uh our Bible says one thing and not the other, or why we have so many books in our Bible, 66 books in the Bible. Yes. Prophet. They call him the prophet, but it's the president. Yeah. They say the prophet. Yeah, well, see, the final prophet to come was John the Baptist, but we saw, well, John the Revelator in the end was given a, a prophecy from God in the Revelation mm-hmm. to be revealed to him. But when we really look at the final prophet before Christ, Christ was supposed to be the final prophet come. He's supposed to tell us everybody what's coming up and all the things that comes along with that. John the Revelator was given visions to be able to write down for us and things like that. So it's amazing to see how we build into this. And it's just weird, honestly, but always checking your scripture. But on the other end of this, while I have a couple minutes left and get off my little soapbox here, we need to stop using scripture out of context to defend our scripture. Yeah. Because the reality is, when it says, hey, do not add for, to or take away from this book, or all the plagues that are w- landed within it will be upon you, at, right at the end of Revelation. Revelation. Um, reality, that is twisting scripture, and literally taking that verse out of context to use as a different weapon. Yeah. Twisting scripture is one of my biggest pet peeves. Do not use it as a weapon towards others. It is a double-edged sword. What means it's going to tur- cut a lot of things in two. So always be reminded of that. But guys, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and being on here. Guys, we love you so much, and thank you so much for all that you do for us. Keep sending your questions. We desperately need them. You know, Kaylee, how can they do that? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskRevPodcast. You can go on Wayne's TikTok, Rev.Wayne. Go like his Carhartt video and his other content. Please go like that stuff. And then you can get us an email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That's askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye.